0: And welcome to the People's Podcast, the most underrated podcast in the country, the Sly Guy Podcast with me, Dave Elliott. How are we all doing? I tell you how I am doing. I am buzzing because I just watched Arsenal win the UFA Cup and that makes me feel oh, some kind of way. It makes me feel great. It's nice. I didn't drink or do anything celebratory tonight. Because I'm an old dad guy, I watched it with my dad, and I just drank Luka and it was a great time. So I am buzzing, I'm feeling great. I've been feeling great anyway, if we'd have lost, I'd have been recording this really sad. Now, <clears throat> people are often like, oh, don't let a football, no, listen, it's serious business. See, when your emotions are on the line, it's serious business. I don't give a fuck what anyone says, but I'm feeling great. I'm buzzing, I'm pumped, I'm fucking, yes I can't wait, I'm looking at the clock now, it's it's nine something or other and I'm just counting down the the, hours until half ten, so I can watch match of the day and relive the glory of Arsenal winning the FA Cup. If you're not a football fan, hey, I'm going to (laughs) fuck, but we're done, I'm going to be talking about this probably intermittently throughout the podcast But this is what you're getting. So how are we all doing? Are we excited? Are we keen to wear a mask? Are we not keen to wear a mask? Shit, who knows? I'd wear anything right now if it it made me, you know, be able to get out and do stand-up or whatever again. I'd I'd wear my, I was going to say my dad's dirty kex. Nah, I wouldn't do that as a mask because I'd be absolutely revolting. But, hey, I just want to get back to normal and whatever that takes, I will do. And speaking of buzzing... I've got a, I've got a, I've. I have got ai have got ai i do not know how to say this on the podcast. I've got a gig. I've got a gig booked. It's the twenty second of August. It's the Hall Festival in the Mavari and I can't. Fucking, wait, mate. I'm buzzing. Um, so I'm feeling great. Looking forward to that. It's uh, going to be a bit different. Obviously, it's an outdoor festival, but so <laughs> I just want to go. It's an outdoor festival. But it's always dead anyway. It's hardly, no, it's it's fucking it's great. It's gonna be nice to be back on a stage. Last time I did it, I hated it. But I mean, this time I'll be very excited. Last time I did it, I got there as soon as I got there. I drove in. I was like, oh, I'm here to do there, And I right, right, get onto this golf trolley, or not golf trolley, golf cart. Shit, if I got on a golf trolley, I'd be really weird. Just pretend you're a golf bag. I mean, some some gigs may be like that going forward. You know, some gigs may just be really. You know, Art Nouveau, really strange, really like his uh, unique um, performance pieces. And maybe like, you are a golf bag. I'd be like, no, I'm not a golf bag. I'm a ball bag, but I'm not a golf bag. Got me in a golf cart, just brought me straight to the stage. I'm like, oh, you're on? I was like, oh, well, well, the thing about that is normally is I like to, you know, compose myself a little. But since you just throw me up there, I guess I've got no fucking choice. So hopefully this time I'll get down nice and early, get myself prepped, primed. Feeling sexy, feeling free, get on the COVID stage. That's not what it's called, but you know, be cleansed and whatever. And guess what? <clears throat> I think I've, I've, I've come up with an idea that's revolutionary. There's talk that when stand up back, when, oh, there's talk when stand up back. No, there's talk that when stand up comes back. People are going to have to buy, like, new microphones and stuff and bring on your own and just clip in and things. And that's just crazy. So what I suggest is just get a new mic cover. You know, just bring a mic cover. Put your own mic cover on. Sub into that. And you be, sweet like a nut, sweet like Tropicana. <laughs> I'm just buzzing off caffeine and tea. Come on, the gunners. Um So that's great. And I can't wait for that. You know, I'm just, I'm just feeling so sweet you know and um, that's a lot to look forward to and hopefully you know there'll be more gigs starting to come up as we're getting a wee bit out of things again obviously it was pretty shit whenever you heard that the gigs in in England and stuff that were told were supposed to be allowed to go ahead in 2nd of August to being postponed that shit for all the comedy clubs all the comedians who want to be doing gigs my heart goes out to you guys but let's let's just hope that in the near future we'll all be back Doing what we love, and that's just being silly, Billy. Because who doesn't love being a silly Billy? You know, who doesn't love it apart from probably, like, I don't know, accountants or bank managers? Uh, they hate being silly billies. They love being straight laced Cathies. I mean, I don't know if that's a phrase, but let's just let any straight laced Cathies out there just fucking relax. All right? Speaking of relaxing, um,. I got a lot of my projects, you know, if you've been listening here, like I'm kind of like Varys from Game of Thrones, I'm always up to something. Um, And I got a few of my projects done, and sort of submitted, so I kind of feel like a child. Um, I say child, a school-aged person who submits coursework, that's what I feel like, so I got a lot of those pieces sent, and I'm just able to write some stuff and start some new projects, which excite me, now. so it's been a fun week on the whole, topped off by the the FA Cup win, so I'm feeling really superb, um, should probably start in stand-up again actually, since I'm back in a couple of weeks, and, uh, yeah, as I was reminded, um, since it's August, technically, um, my new baby should be coming sometime in the following month, which is September, so yeah, it's all sort of creeping up nicely at the minute on me, um, and and i'm excited i'm i'm prepared oh zero percent but i'm excited 100 percent. and that's really sweet you know getting to see shane's wee baby has been made me super like you know super maternal i want to say even it's paternal i know that because of uh but it's just made me think oh, i just want a baby again you know a sweet baby so sweet newborn babies are sweet i'm ready for baby, I'm not ready for baby number two. It's gonna be a fucking nightmare. But I'm ready for baby number two, and then baby number one is gonna be a bollocks. Because today, worst child in the universe, worst behaved child that's ever been, and brought her to the park. Obviously, you've got a heavily pregnant wife. Her hips, they not like the Shakira song "Don't Lie." They do lie because every day they tell her, "Oh, you'll be grand to go for a wee bit of a walk." Full of shit, absolute Walter Mitty bullshitters. As soon as she walks the length of herself, it's agony, and that's not sweet to see as a loving husband. You know, even if you were a piece of shit, I'd imagine it would probably be difficult um, to see. But we brought our, our 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 child to the park, and she was fine. You know, no problem. Um, we bit Gurney on the way down. You're thinking to yourself, you know what, you little fuck. I'm taking you to the park as a treat. Be excited. You know, be grateful, be wanting to be out there. You know, there are kids who don't have access to, you know, probably the outdoors in some places. Like, I'm sure there are probably some kids out in the world who are prisoners, you know. So, I mean, to to even get the outdoors, let alone the high-caliber play parks that we are gifted in this country, you know, she should be grateful. So we went there, and the whole plan was to do that tie her out a bit, go for lunch, go home, bish, bash, bosh, I go watch the football, you know, whatever. She decides, nah, I'm going to be a cock. Whenever we finish playing at the park, she's like, I need toilet. So my wife took her to the toilet. She's like, nah, I'm not going. I want Daddy to take me. So I went, all right, sweet, we'll go. Brought her into the toilet. She didn't go. Left, I was like, all right, it's a piece of shit. could probably walked about 100 metres away. She's like, I need the toilet. And I was like, okay, no problem. Took her back to the toilet, got her in. She's like no, I'm not going to the toilet. I had this whole, you know, the pants and all-down pants and trousers down, sitting in the toilet, being like screaming, no, I'm not going to the toilet. And when you're a dad, the last thing you want to hear is a screaming child. Then, especially when the, the screams are so blood-curdling that people think like you're beating them or something when literally all you're trying to do is assist them to go to the toilet, which is BS. So then after that, it was just an entire screaming, shouting crying much until we got out of the car and then we just were going to go for lunch and now straight home to bed and that was just me, ruined everything, so my point is, yeah <clears throat> I'm excited about child number two coming, but child number one is slowly evolving into a piece of shit and it's going to be stressful already my hair is you know, it's like a soft winter snowfall, it's just dropping and laying on the floor, so and by the time this one comes, if it's another bollocks I'm going to be bald, it's going to be terrible I'm stressed out i just can't have it so that was supposed to be my fun plan for today she fucked it she did me in and you know i'm just i'm just i'm i'm, I'm excited about the baby but also stressing i don't know how i'm gonna cope with two but anyway tomorrow we're planning on going swimming with her so at least if she's bad you know i can just sort of waterboard her or whatever in the swimming pool kinda of teach you a hard lesson. You know, like whenever I was a kid, people were like, Oh, did your did your parents smack me? Nah, my parents waterboarded me. You know, they tortured me. They they did they did, you know, vintage military torture techniques. But hey, listen, I turned out totally fine. I turned out sweet and this is where we're at. So Yeah, we're I'm 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 I am i am i do not know how I'm gonna feel about that. But it's um yeah, it's good. It's good to be doing the podcast. I am excited, my mind's elsewhere, so Hopefully this week's podcast will, will have some form of structure, will be actually a decent listen because I must admit, I thought last week's podcast, you know, sometimes you get a vibe for the podcast when you're recording it. And the vibe I got for last week's podcast when I was recording it was it was a big heap of fucking shit. So hopefully this week's will be better for you guys to enjoy than last week's because I thought last week's myself was a real weak effort. And I like to... uh, you know, I like to try and hold myself to a standard of doing podcasts because I know there, there are some people, you know, there's some people out there that are they're buzzing about doing podcasts for like, I don't know, three weeks. And then they're like, oh, it's, I'm not doing this anymore because there's no fucking work ethic in people but me. Come hell, high water, if I fucking nothing to speak about, like it's going to be this week's Patreon podcast because nobody has asked any questions. So it's going to be shit. But anyway, come hell or high water, this guy will be doing a podcast. So it'll be there, whether it's good, bad, and different, it'll be there. And some weeks, it's great. And some weeks, it's a bit shit. And hopefully, this week, will be nice to listen to, you know. Again, not a wild lot to talk about. If you don't like football, probably a shit one. But hey, we're all in this together, guys, you know. And speaking of things that we're in together, I just want to say to everybody, thank you for everyone who supported the ray of lockdown in its form over the sort of lockdown period. um, It's come to an end of BBC Sounds, the, the Shane Todd ray of lockdown. It's finished, it's done. And next week, we're, we're going to be back on Radio Ulster, which I'm buzzing about, back in the studio, back to work, back to live radio, which, I mean, I think over this lockdown period, recording on Sounds has been something that, you know, thankfully, there is a buffer, In terms of we're not recording live. So sometimes, if there are slip ups, which there inevitably will be, and are, we need to get back into the vibe of doing live radio again because who knows what. I, I nearly died recording sounds this week because I laughed so hard. That, you know, do you ever laugh so hard when you actually have like a bit of a cough that you laugh so hard you get, you're, you feel like your lungs are made of honeycomb and then you just can't get a breath? And you think, oh no, this is going to trigger an asthma attack which is then going to trigger a stroke and I'm going to die. And that's how I felt for all 10 seconds. All my head was going to explode and I was going to die. Is that melodramatic? Absolutely. But is that a bit of me? Hmm. 100%. So the point is, the of lockdown is over. The Shane Todd show is back on Radio Ulster from the 7th of August, and it's going to be for 10 weeks. So please get behind it. Give us shout-outs. Give us stuff to talk about, because, listen, we've just got into the habit of doing shout-outs, you know, and shabbas, and that's not appropriate for Radio Ulster. We've been told before, guys, you need to wind it in a bit. You know, you need to be a bit more you know vintage radio what you are doing is very weird yes people are engaging with it and enjoying it but we don't really get it so if you're listening to the show i want you people putting stuff on social media we need that you know that's our kind of way to show people what we're all about what we're putting out there is through twitter and instagram and it's the same about our podcast too like if i just want to say to you guys listen and when i put this podcast out i love it when you share it in your instagram stories it means a lot to me. It means a lot to the podcast. It puts new eyes on it. It gets listening going up. And it just really helps. As does rating and review in the podcast, which is a massive thing too. I got a new review this week from my man now, McBride, and he said keen. That's not all, because that would be weird, but I would appreciate it if it was. He said, <coughs> I am more keen than Roy and Cropper, and I assume he means Roy. Keane and Robbie Keane, not Roy Cropper and and Robbie Williams, and then you know not Cropper and Williams. Which when, you, <laughs> which when you say Cropper and Williams, to be fair, it sounds like some company that make like unique beard oils and wooden combs. Hey man, would you wouldn't mind subscribing to Cropper and Williams to get the finest beard oils and bespoke wooden combs made out of the bones of an African, an African, an African giraffe, elephant. You know, it seems very unique and weird, but, you know, basically, he said, "Yeah, I'm more keen than Roy and Robbie, this is a raw weekly insight into the life of an incredibly funny, stop it, sexy, double stop it, sly guy, 12 out of 10, would recommend, no, I love that, nothing more I love than a would recommend, so if you're going to rate and review the podcast, Please finish it with a would-recommend. That means a lot to me. And the more people that do it, bingo, go for it. I'll read it out. It's a nice thing to do. I enjoy it. Get on rating reviews, sharing Instagram stories, retweet it. Do whatever you can. Put the word out there. Or if you want to even be a sly hard, you'll be the ultimate sly guy. You want more bonus content. May I just say, when I do my Patreon podcast, I am a sassy little monkey bitch. You know, like, I'm a sassy little monkey. I'm up in my trees. I'm being a wee bit naughty. I'm swinging from the vines. I'm just living my best life being a little cheeky monkey you know that's what i'm doing and i, I answer more truthful questions i do whatever uh the people ask and that's just me and that's just me so if you want more insight into like comedy more bitching more whatever get in the patreon ask any question i'll answer it i won't do it in this podcast because i'm a pussy but i'll do it on my other podcast and um Let's see what we're like for time here. Oh wow, 16 minutes, bingo. I mean, that that sounds as though I'm uh, running out of things to say. Don't worry, I'm not, because the Sly Guy podcast has sponsors. Oh my, guys. The support for the Sly Guy podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Who are Manscaped, I hear you say? I'll tell you, guys. They are the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. We've all been there, trying to do a wee bit of below-the-belt gardening and ending up with a three-piece suite like a butcher's bin. But thankfully for me, Manscaped have created the greatest, not just a good, not just a very good, (laughs) the greatest ball hair trimmer ever. The new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0, the third generation trimmer. There's been a first and a second, and they've gone, now. we can up this game. This is a third generation trimmer. This is like the Randy Orton of trimmers. It's third generation. It features cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents, thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. And I've used it. I've used it on my... Balls and I did not snag my bag, I did not snip my bits, I didn't do any of that shit. I just had a very perfect, tight, clean shave, and I tell you what, my balls. They're looking 10 years younger. They're looking fantastic. And it's premium gear. The Lawnmower 3.0 is a battery that lasts up to 90 minutes. Again, how hairy do you have to be to need a battery that lasts 90 minutes? I don't know. But if you want to make an experience, you can. You can shave in the bathroom, you can shave in the shower. That's because it's waterproof. So if you want to get sexy and take that shaver in the shower, you can. One of the coolest features of the Lawnmower 3.0 is the LED light. So if you want, you know, you can just basically put a spotlight, put a super trooper on your balls and dick and never miss a hair. Never, you know? Let's not forget about the charging stand either. Oh my God. You're not just keeping your razors in the bathroom. Not only is it a functional tool, it's also, I mean, it's a bit of art. Stick in your mantelpiece. Show people what you're about. Show them some stylish Show them some stylish art. Is that that some sort of sweet new vase you've got? No, man, it's just actually a ball shaver, but I like to keep it in my living room because that's the kind of guy I am. But guys, it's function, it's fashion, and I want you to get it. I want you to get it because it's great for your balls and also your back hair because I trim my back hair too. But also, it's great for the podcast. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code SlyGuy at Manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's all caps, Sly Guy, for 20% off and free shipping with the code SlyGuy at manscaped.com. Don't snag your bag. And guys, the Sly Guy podcast is, as always, brought to you in association with Modest Beer. Modest are on a journey. With one clear goal in mind. And that's to make this the number one podcast in the world. But apart from that. They also want to bring you exceptional brews. To the local craft beer market. Listen. They're not here to revolutionise the craft beer movement. on oh, no. But they're simply here to add it. With the brand that is joyous. Responsible. Honest. And most importantly. Modest. If you're keen to know more. Contact Modest Beer on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. At Modest Beer. Or at www.modestbeer.co.uk to find your nearest stockists, which include the Vineyard, Bottle to Boot, Neal's Wines, Grange Wine Merchants and Alexanders of Hollywood. What about that, guys? The sponsors are great. I love them and I recommend both. Hey, listen, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Another thing I would actually recommend would be a show on Netflix. I've been watching this this week and it was a weird thing because I watched it solo. My wife wasn't there watching with me. She was like doing other weird shit, whatever it is she gets up to. Who knows, weird. But I watched a show myself called Fear City, New York versus the Mafia, which as you guessed it, involved the Mafia in New York. I mean, it's a very straightforward, simple, you can guess what it is by the name. It does exactly what it says in the tin But it was great. It was basically about, like, the big mafia gangs in the 70s and 80s in New York. Um, And it was just letting you know what all the families were getting involved in, you know, which was basically everything. Construction, drug trafficking, prostitution, money laundering, you name it. These lads were at it. It featured all the big uh, mafioso families. The the, the Gambinos, the Colombos, the Bonanos, the Lucchesi, the Genovese families. And, and there, basically, the commission, which was, like, the bosses of each family met together and made overall mafia rules and decided who, decided who was going to get whacked and who was not going to get whacked. That's what they did. And the names of these guys, glorious, because every single one of them, like a Northern Irish paramilitary, had a nickname. Paul Castellano, the boss of the Gambino family, Big Paul. I mean... What I would have done better now is added. Ie, on the end, Big Paulie would have been fucking far better if the cocks if the cocksucker was called Big Pauly. that would have been fucking far better than that, you know. Um, Gennaro, La- Gennaro Langella. Now we call him Jerry Lang. We've got uh, Phil Rustelli, just Rusty, and to- and then the two favorites, the Anthony's: Anthony, Tony Ducks, Corallo, and Anthony Fat Tony salon So, what's the difference between the two Tonys? Well, we got. We got Tony Ducks, he kind of walks about like a duck, you know what I mean? I don't know whether it's because he walks like a duck, or whether he sits with his ass in water, or whether or not he has some kind of weird noise where he makes a quack when he talks. Hey, hey, Pauly. That's why they call him Paulie. Hey, yo, Pauly, what's going on over over there with the Lou Chasey family? Wah, wah. Yo, good to see you, Ducks. Nice, nice to join. Nice, nice of you to join the commission here. And 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 Tony Solano, Why is he called Fat Tony? Because hey, cocksucker's name's Tony, and he's a fat bastard. So hey, you know, put the two and two together, get four cocksucker. That's another thing. Why are they all cocksucker, Why? Why is you fucking the biggest fucking insult in the mafia when you talk like this? Is to call somebody a cocksucker? You motherfucker. You cocksucker motherfucker. That's the ultimate insult. You know, you can call someone anything vicious whatever but it's in the moment you go listen to me you cock sucker motherfucker because what that means is you're kind of, i mean i think <laughs> what the most offensive thing you can be in the mafia is a bisexual quite clearly because <laughs> listen you suck cock and you fuck mothers which means you you, you suck dick and you fuck women Which means you're bisexual. And it doesn't sound as good to go, listen to you, you fucking bisexual. It definitely doesn't have the same ring as, you motherfucking cocksucker. You cocksucker motherfucker. It doesn't have the same ring, but it was great. And I love that. I love the nicknames. Big Paul, Jerry, Jerry Lang, Rusty, Tony Ducks, Fat Tony, you fucking cocksucker. It's great. It's like, I mean, I look at myself and I'd be like, what would I be doing as? I mean, if there's already Fat Tony, I can be a Fat Davey. You know, I'd have to probably be, I'd be Davey Gaps because of the Gaps in my teeth. <laughs> or else Baldy. Hey, yo, Baldy. Listen to me, Baldy. Why do I sound like a mafioso wife when I say Baldy? Baldy, don't you speak to me like that, Baldy. Yo, Baldi, sh come over here and suck my cock. I'll be like, no, you don't have a cock. I got a cock and strapped onto me, Baldy. Hey, Baldy Gaps, suck my cock. Oh, whoa. But anyway, I'm losing the run of myself. It's a good show. If you like that kind of voice, check it out, you motherfucker. You motherfucker, go get your shine, bucks. <laughs> Guys, I I don't even know how long have I been talking shit for. Long enough to get on the listeners' questions. Thank God for that. Thank God for that, you cocksucker. Mm. Speaking of cocks, speaking of cocksuckers, Marcus McGacken has said, "Who would win in a fight in the cage? Alexander Gustafsson or Triple H and HBK? Two professional wrestlers in a two-on-one." UFC rules fight and if you've got time how many flyweights would it take to beat Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier Mm. I mean what I'm going to say is I don't think one flyweight would beat Miocic and Cormier together I just don't think that would happen and in terms of Triple H I think the numbers game will play because both those guys maybe they're not fighters they're fake fighters you know they're And I say fake fighters, they they do theatrical fighting, however they're not. They are very impressive athletes. You know, wrestlers, big respect for the art of wrestling, superb athletes. And I would say that in a UFC fight, Triple H and HBK would beat Gustafsson, because Gustafsson's on the way out. He's no interest anymore. Last fight he did, not in good shape. So I reckon the two of them, the numbers game and the the power and the physique, would probably... um, paying their advantage and they're way bigger and heavier do you know what i mean so I would, I would go for that johnny Boa said what's the most sly thing you've ever said on stage now there's only one thing that i remember saying that was really sly um and it was so horrible that i can't actually say it in this podcast it involved a girl who's heckling me incessantly and the start of whenever i started with her i said um, that I understand like you know seeing someone like you you know makes me understand why Bundy did what he did and I realise that that's not the case because obviously he had a lot of mental health issues and also was an actual you know psychopathic serial killing freak guy but you know what sometimes in the heat of the moment you say things. That was one of those but then she kept going and I just kept going back and forth until I got into a really dark place. Now I must say the audience really enjoyed where it went but yeah, it wasn't really in line with my kind of with my kind of thing. I also um got heckled once by somebody who uh was basically talking a load of shit to me and then Whatever I was talking about, they showed up when my friend died because of this. So I think it was because what I was talking about, which was um, I think something to do with the fact that I you know I wish that I was gay because at the time I was single and one of my friends stuck me on Grinder just my photo on Grinder and I absolutely killed it for ten minutes. You know I had more interest in those ten minutes on Grinder from guys than I had ever on Tinder, basically. So, my gist was basically saying, I wish, you know, because again, a lot of people are like, okay, are you born gay or turned gay? I'm like, nah, I believe just that's just the way you are. It's the way you're wired. You're either gay or you're not gay. You know what I mean? That's It can't be changed. It can't be taught out of you. You are who you are. You know what I mean? And and, and as Lady Gaga says, you're born this way, you know? And I, said, I was saying something like that, I wish I was born gay because I'd be cleaning up, you know? But someone thought that that was homophobic, apparently, so sure shouted, my friend died because of this, which may have been the case, you know, may have been homophobia, which is a terrible thing, you know, I do not condone that sort of thing, but in the instant, you you could, you got your stand-up head on, someone shouted, die because of that, I went, because of my stand-up, oh no, I'm sorry, you know, which which to be fair, re- like made him leave the room, so, you know, it, it kind of worked, but also... It was totally wrong. So that's another thing. That fucks me off. Seeing where people hear you talking about something and don't actually know what you're talking about and just hear the words and go, "Can't say that." You can. You know. It was a good bit. It was a smart bit, and it, it made sense. Not to offend people. Like there's another bit that it that it did. One of my older jokes that some got really offended at. Um, that was. Yeah. The joke was, I was what was known as in my day, as a child, a bit of a handful, or in today's terms, seriously ADHD, right? And someone's like, oh my God, you're making fun of... And I was like, nah, I'm making fun of the fact that back in the day, people just carried on. We're like, ah, fucking difficult. You know, they don't have to diagnose you, but then they just get on with it. And I do honestly believe I'm a bit ADHD. I definitely have a lot of the symptoms. So there's been some things you've said sly on stage. Some things you react to hecklers. Sometimes that's that's the thing. You have to go... You have to go all out if you're going to try and put a heckler down because if if you're you don't if you don't shut them down they'll just carry on and they wreck the show. So sometimes you have to you have to get really sly, you know. And and, and I don't like doing it because I like people to come and listen to the bits that I've worked on, I've written, I've honed to make them good, not to be fucking heckled at. But it's getting to the stage now. I feel like as an older guy, and I say older guy, someone who's established on the scene that. You know, sometimes I just can be fucked with hecklers and there may come a time where I just go, you know what, fuck you, yes, I'm going. I did a gig once um, in the Empire, a charity thing, and it was just, the audience was so fucking rude, you know, they just didn't listen to what I said and I genuinely felt like in that moment, you know what, fuck is, yes, I'm going to go. If that ever happens to me again, you know, if I'm going to do an event for charity where I'm not getting paid because the money is going to a good cause, I don't have to be there. I'm just going to go, you know what, if people are going to be rude, talk over me, not pay attention. There's no point in me being there. I'll put the mic down and get the flock out of there. Like the sheep guys do. The shepherds couldn't even remember what that was. Davy, the artist formerly known as Davey Wedd, said, Bonjour, David. Heard you talking on the podcast about being a parent and finding that little bit of peace. Something on a podcast has never rang truer to me, my friend. To the point where my wife is worried about my digestive system <laughs> uh, because of the time I spend on the pot when really i'm just sitting there watching videos of exercises that maximize your outer quad sweep or a video with the largest indoor spaces in the world thank you for your understanding listen i don't know whether my escape zone in the toilet has you know actually come to the point where my digestive system is so quick That as soon as I eat, I need to go to the toilet, or that's some sort of like escape route my body's developed for me to get more peace. It's just a thing you have to do. Sometimes the only place you can get peace is in the toilet. I have a new bit of stand up that I do about not even being able to get peace in the toilet now, and it's a sad thing. Like, there's nowhere I don't feel like I can have peace anymore. I think my days of peace are long gone. I feel like I'm just going to be forever tortured. You know, I feel like. You know, there's nowhere I can go for peace. And again, there's peace when your children are asleep. But then your wife can be difficult too, you know, and give you things. Like my wife has this, like, I don't know, incessant need for me to do things. You know, she just can't let me be. She's like, oh, no, he's sitting there. He needs something to do. I'm like, I, de- I definitely don't, you know. I'm sweet, just chilling. It's like, you know, and she'll be like looking around for things to do. You can, you can see it. She just comes walking in now at the minute. She's heavily pregnant, so she doesn't really walk. She's just more waddles. But then she comes, you'll see her looking out in the garden, You're like, oh, A tree needs cut back. All those weeds need done. Oh, you wouldn't mind uh, reglazing that bird feeder? I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I'm not a fucking you know, I, I'm not a glass blower. I can't just re glaze things. You know, I'm not a pianist. And that's not a pianist or a penis. That's a pianist, somebody who creates pains. That's a new title that I've just made up. But, you know, it's just stuff that's like, why do you have to do that? And then she will do things. This is the most annoying thing about a wife. A wife will do things which will incorporate her side of something. So, therefore, she will do half a job that you will have to finish or be involved in. For example... My wife decided, you know what, I'm just going to put a load of old, well, for a start, I'm going to get a load of old baby clothes down from the attic, which I had to do. So she's like, I need to look through these baby clothes. So therefore, the by proxy um, collateral damage job there is you have to go up on the ladders and get the stuff down. Then next thing she's decided what she wants out of it, then you have to put that back. So that's collateral damage job number one. Then she'll be like, oh, I need to actually clear some space here in wardrobes I'm going to put uh, any good clothes like in charity bags which means you have to take them to the charity shop or if it's to go to the dump you have to take to the dump so there's jobs that she has started but then just relies on you to finish now she could do it herself but that's not going to happen I also wouldn't have a pregnant lady going up a ladder you know it's just stupid now my wife probably would try it just for badness she's the sort that would do something and then afterwards I'm like oh my god I can't believe you bloody well done that but that's what she's like. So then, that's how I find. Like, at the minute, I uh, she painted a wardrobe and a set of drawers for this new baby coming. This new guy, this new person is just going to come fucking free lodge in my house until they're, I don't know, 15 when I force them to pay. And you are like, oh, legally, they can't have a job to pay. I'm like, listen, if you're a hustler, you'll find a way. Big Daddy was working from me he was 12, all right? So you can find a way. Albeit I looked like I was 40 when I was 12. But hey, that's neither here nor there. So she just made so she did that, painted the set of drawers and whatever with her mum, so it's fair enough. Because again, don't used to think, oh my god, you're just letting a slender pregnant woman do all this hard work by yourself. Nah, her mum was over. Her mum is an arts and crafts person, she's good at that kind of stuff. So then there's just loads of stuff just in the hall that came from that room that they needed in to do. So now I've just put all stuff back, you know? And there's an old lampshade, and I say lampshade, it's like this weird, like sort of um Death Star type lampshade from IKEA. So it's like, you pull it and it just does all this weird shit. But we have nowhere for it in this house, so now it just kind of lives. I was like, what can we do with that? Where do you want it? And I was like, mm, probably just bin. they like, oh, there's a thing I find As my wife get older, nothing just goes straight in the bin. And it's not a hoarding situation. It's like rehoming situation. It's like, oh no, someone can find that. We'll put that in a buy and sell. And then invariably I'll have to do it. You know, that's the, the, the problem with it is rules happen. So how did I go from Davy's question about getting peace in the toilet to all these different jobs. I don't know. Maybe it's just something inside me that needed out. John Joe Flutter said, "You Davish of the Slyheart Clan. How does it go in Elliot Tars, Tell me this, who inspires you? I mean, that's a weird question. You know, in terms of, obviously, there's not just one person or anything that inspires me as such. Um, I feel like rather than a person that inspires you, maybe... Like, ideas probably expire, expire definitely expire, I, need, I am expiring, but words, uh, perspiring, but words that, you know, things that in- inspire me to do things, is, like, sometimes there's good and bad things, like, in terms of stand-up, if I watch a really good stand-up, I'm like, oh no, I need to get back to the table and get some stuff done, whereas if I see a really shit stand-up, I'll be like, I'm way better than them, I need to just go and craft some stuff to just really put them into their into their place, you know, Um, and that could be somebody that's famous, you know, I'm not saying I know these people, but it's just a case of, you know, if I see stand-up at all, it makes me think, oh shit, I need to work on some stuff, like, when I watched Dave Chappelle's Sticks and Stones special, I went, oh no, I need to really, I'm never going to be that good, so I just need to work harder to be as good as I can be, you know, that's the sort of thing, in terms of like, people like like it's not I'm not really like a big celebrity culture kind of guy for inspiration I find to be fair basic things like like what you've done yourself John Joe you know you have clearly got yourself in great shape from you know just leading yourself to do that and I like that that's pretty inspiring to see and it's good to see you're doing your own job that you wanted to do you know as somebody who wants to leave a job and go into a different profession that's good to see that I'm glad you took the leap to do it it looks like you're absolutely killing it um but You know, I find myself, and and the biggest inspiration as a person, probably, was my daughter being born, because it made me sort of think, you know, everything I do now has to be efficient. Like, everything I do, there has to be a reason behind doing it, rather than just doing it for the sake of it. Do you know what I mean? So if I'm actually out doing any comedy, I have to be getting paid for it. I have to be, or at least are leading me to something to be getting paid, to try and make a better life for my children you know that's kind of how I feel now so like gone are the days when you're starting out and just going to gigs for the crack you know you're going there there's a social element you know sooner or later you have to realize right I need to hone my skill to make me a better act so I can provide more for my family you know that's kind of my thinking now more than anything and then when this new one comes along the finger needs to be pulled out really fast and just let more things happen so that's the beauty of, of trying to do as many projects as I can because I've got children coming so yeah my inspiration are my children now that sounds lame and naff but you know that's that's basically basically it you know but yeah things are good in Elliot Towers right now we're just starting to get the end of the pregnancy things are sore people are tired but we're ready as written you know what we're not ready we'll never be ready but we're as ready as we're going to be for number two coming And again, it's just going to be a a very awkward period of like no sleep and just feeling terrible. But we'll cope. I'm more stressed out about my about my two year old going to moving to a bed from a cot. That's freaking me out because she'll just be able to get up because she'll never stay where she's supposed to be because she's just a bad piece of work. Thinking about that's giving me anxiety. Cheers, John Joe. Andy said. Were you a lad flag admin, and do you, and what do you think of it shutting down? Um, firstly, no. I wasn't an admin of lad flag, obviously. Because if you know anything about me, you know, basic grammar or something I'm into. So don't like whenever people say words that are phonetically, like the sound, like flag. Just say flag, because, you know, it is... Um, what It is, and also, I don't do that type of humor because you know I'm a funny guy yeah. and stuff, so um, yeah. So, for those who actually don't know what Lad Flag is, it's basically his Twitter account that was set up following on from the flag protests and was basically a comedy parody account. I said comedy because I'm doing the way you know in commas, um you know, basically, they put out some content that certain comedy fans enjoyed and obviously got a big following because seemingly there's a big audience out there that love hacky, sectarian comedy and wick parody songs. But I mean I'm surprised to be fair, like I didn't I didn't realise that, that account was still going all these years after the flag protest and stuff and just to kind of assume that it was just basically a troll account just to annoy politicians and bully people basically. So I was surprised to see that it was still ongoing. Um, But obviously, no, I wasn't an admin in that because clearly from the content, you should be able to tell that there are no actual comedians involved in such a thing. So thanks for the question. Anyway, Michael Kerr has said, Hey Davy, how did Northern Ireland's second favourite bisexual guy get onto the gym this week? Well, first and foremost, I'm keen to know who the first favourite bisexual guy is, you know, um. Or as the new term that we have for bisexuals are, cocksucker motherfuckers. Um, you cocksucker motherfucker. Um, but how did I get on to the gym this week, to be honest? I went once on Monday, and that's all it's been. Because again, it's just been a busy week with lots lots to do, people to see, things to, to to get on with. So it's been kind of hard to get, but this week I'm definitely going to get more. I enjoyed the experience at it. Um, I'm, back in my garret, I'm back in my garage. Doing uh, that sounded really creepy. Back in my garage, do you want to come to my garage? Do you want to train in my garage? It sounds like a Shop Boys song almost, doesn't it? Get in my garage, play in my garage, pump in my garage. Um, but yeah, it's been kind of, kind of poor. And to be fair, my diet hasn't been absolutely horrific, but it's not been super great. So, I need to get back on top of that and only get walking a bit more and stretching myself out, just feeling just just feeling better, now. the good thing is, I, I, I've realised what my problem is, with gym and training and diet and stuff, it's just being super busy, and not having the time in the day to do it, and people are like, you can always make time, sometimes not, you know when you're working a nine to five, in the house every day, and you have other fucking stuff to do, and deadlines and shit, sometimes it's really really hard, and I know I sound like I'm a money bastard, and I'm complaining, but this week, Michael, uh, I'm going to be really good, and, just ask me that question every single week because I mean that's about the only way for me to have any kind of flipping um accountability, so for sure do that. Patrick Quinn, the Belfast guy in China, has said would you be up for a Kevin Hart slash the rock style roasting session with the money toad? I mean it sounds very sexual. Oh where you just sit and take turns taking the piss ...out of each other... ...love your work... ...and have become a regular listener... Listening to the sly guy... ...you're you're a funny... ...but also very interesting guy... ...thank you very much Patrick... ...that's really kind... Um, ...in terms of would I be up... ...absolutely... ...now... ...I'm going to say this here... ...and people can sound clip it... ...and they can send it to Shane... ...if they want... ...I would quite happily... ...have a roasting session with him... ...I don't know if he would want to do it... ...you know that's my... ...view on it... ...I just don't know... ...because there's been times... We used to roast each other on boy time. We would do back and forth bits. But then sometimes a little person has told me that he will go to them. And then by little person, I mean our producer Snake Rat Ben and would say afterwards to cut things out because maybe Papa cuts to the core a bit too much and Mr Money Toad doesn't like it. So, I mean, I think, you know, I, I don't know if he would do it. I would be keen to do that. I'd be up for doing it. But, you know the ball would firmly be in his court because, I mean, I hope, I feel like it's changed. I feel like he's become a bit more sassy and cares less about things recently, which is good. And I think maybe that's something to do with becoming a parent. You stop, you stop being as concerned about what people think of you and just be like, listen, as long as I look after number one, which is the family and the child, that's all that really matters. So... You know, I'd be up for that at some stage. I'd actually do anything right now to be doing stand-up again, you know. So whether that be a roast or, you know, I wouldn't do, like, a lip-sync battle because that's a fucking worst shit ever, but I would do, like, a roast or some sort of themed night for sure. Just anything to get back on stage doing stand-up. And thank you very much, Patrick, for your kind words. Um Keithy Mack said, Thoughts on the Undertaker's ministry. Those brood... Blur- Why did he give me a tongue twister? Those brood bloodbaths were something else also. Big boss man getting hung up from a cage as a 12-year-old. Fairly opened my eyes. Yeah, a lot of people aren't going to get what that means, Keithy. But The Undertaker, The Wrestler, basically had this ministry, which is like a group of mates. He just had had a squad, right, back in the 90s. And obviously him being an Undertaker. I mean, what I'm going to say is I don't know if that particular um carnation of the undertaker really was an undertaker he was very more like an s&m type vampire dude <clears throat> he had kind of like i wore a lot of leather and his hair tied back and a long beard like you could like if he turned up to like an actual funeral like to a crematorium or something you'd be like guy you're way too extra for this job you know just please cut your hair put a top hat on wear a suit don't be wearing this really weird Leather contraption with like your big weird logo in the front and a long beard and a plaid haircut. It's strange with your muscles out. What are you trying to do? You know, and also he did this weird thing where he had a group called The Brood with a dude called Gangrel, which sounds way too much of gangrene. He was a vampire who came to the ring with really sexy music. He came up through fire again, I don't know what relevance that is. The vampires, he came up through this pit of fire. He walked to the ring with sunglasses on. And he drank blood and had fangs. And the weirdest thing about him was his fangs weren't where the fangs should be. They were in the teeth beside your two buck front teeth. You know the way his fangs are in your fang teeth? His were one in and it was weird to me. But then they also used to just throw blood. They used to go dark in the wrestling ring and people got blood thrown on them. Which is really weird and also probably not too hygienic. And probably some sort of, you know, blood infection risk. You know, I wouldn't recommend doing it. And then hanged the big boss man who's kind of like, I don't know, he, I think he started off as like a, a policeman and ended up being a prison guard. Either way, the big boss man, by name and by nature, was very keen on law enforcement. And he wasn't, let's just say, the most straight. And I don't mean sexually. I mean, he just was, I think he was a crooked cop. He would take bungs and he would probably be abusive to prisoners and or people under his control and this ministry was um led by basically a seven foot guy in snm gear so i mean i don't think there was much in the way of you know control and structure in that group so basically what i'm saying to you keith is that's my opinion on the undertaker's ministry too many free radicals too many people doing what they want Hard to govern, hard to rule, and yeah, led by a really weird SM guy. And uh, the last question of the day is Nathan Con- that motherfucking cocksucker Nathan Concilia Nathan Nathan um, Concilia I said, "Hey, he's giving he's given me an Italian mob nickname. Hey, belly homo." Big question, but what is the optimum amount of sleep to get each night? Better to cram as much into the day as possible or ensure that you're well rested? I mean, this is what I enjoy about the podcast. People ask me genuine questions. Sometimes the questions are strange. Sometimes they're a little bit weird. Sometimes people come at me and ask questions that I think to myself should they just be asking like I don't know a doctor or a proper health professional rather than getting their tips from me what I would say is sleep when you're tired my granny always said to me sure I'll sleep but I'm dead and that's not really sleeping that's a totally different thing that's being dead I always said to my granny listen you there's a difference you need to sleep or you'll end up dead and being dead isn't asleep you need to know the difference between the two and now she is dead I don't know whether or not she's well rested but I mean she's definitely not alive so therefore dead um but what I would say would be... You know, I always try to hit 8 hours if I can. Never do. I'm sort of a man who would get about 6 hours on the regular. But again, if you, it's not so much about... Listen, it's not... So, like most things, it's not about the length. It's about the stats, you know. So I, I would check my sleep score on my Fitbit. And I think the sleep score is higher if you get more uninterrupted sleep, like deep sleep. So... I think, like, if you were to get, like, say, five hours of uninterrupted deep sleep is better than getting, like, seven hours broken. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I think what the best thing to do is try to get to bed early and get a wee bit of a lie-in. Nowadays, I'm getting. I like to get up at six o'clock and just try and start working, writing stuff, coming up with stuff. That's my disciplinarian ways. You know, I'm not a disciplinarian to anyone, but I like to be disciplined. I don't know why that's a disciplinee. Who knows? But I think that's a better thing to do. Is try and focus on getting big chunks of deep sleep. So you know, go to bed when you're tired, and then don't set an alarm if you don't have to. If you if you like to get up and do work, or you have to go to work or set an alarm, do that. But if you uh, want to just really focus. On your sleeping, just just go to bed when you're tired, my friend. My friend, you know. So that's basically. Also, guys, once again, thank you for listening. Hopefully, this week's podcast was better than last week's. I'm gonna go make myself a cup of tea and watch match of the day because I'm gangster, and I just hope everybody has a really good week. When you see the call for questions come out, come in with the questions. I need questions because sometimes. Fuck all the talk about. If you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast. And don't forget, if you want to get really nice, you know, pubes and all, real short, real shiny, I don't know why I went in that accent, get on manscape.com and use the promo code SlyGuy, all capitals, to get free shipping and 20% off your products. Guys, it's been a pleasure. I'll be back again next week. If you want to hear me before then, get over to Patreon. Sly Guy Podcast with Dave Elliott. Subscribe. It's only like four quid because it's five dollars. And it's less in quids and dollars. So go over there. I'm extra sly. I bet you more. Go and enjoy yourself. Guys, take care. Stay safe. And bugger you.